Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast. Here we discuss homeschooling from the African perspective and the unique challenges that come with it. If you're considering homeschooling, we hope to inspire you as you take this bold step. If you're already a homeschooler, we are here to share encouragement for this wonderful journey we are on to educate our children in the best way we can. We are your hosts, Jifa Andam and Harissa Nete Marvel. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Hello again, friends. Hi, everyone. I'm excited today to introduce our guest, um, a dear friend of mine, Mrs. Ali Fedawit. Ali and her family are American missionaries who've lived in Ghana for the past 14 years. Mm. Um, she's a veteran homeschooler, and I got to meet Ali when I first joined the Accra Homeschool Group a few years ago. Uh, she's wise, practical, fun to be with, <laughs> a great leader. And she makes homeschooling look very easy <laughs> and doable. <laughs> I know I know what an encouragement she's been to me on my homeschool journey. And we are excited to have Ali here with us to share a bit of her homeschool life yeah. with all of you at your listeners. So let's get right yeah. into it. <laughs> welcome, so Ali. Welcome, Ali. We're so excited Thank to you have so you on much. today. <laughs> Yeah, I hope I can live up to all of those adjectives Jifa used to <laughs> describe me. I'm you, sure. I'm they sure are all you can. very true. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so, Ali, um, can you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself, um, your family, your background, whatever? Sure. Um, and as you mentioned, we are um, American missionaries living in Ghana for the past. Uh, 14 years, which it's amazing to me to, to be able to say that. Um, I We have three children and we have homeschooled them from the very beginning. Uh, wow. So from, you could say from birth, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's never really intentional, but um, we just, we just in the beginning, when everyone started sending their kids to school at two years old, it just felt so young. Mm. I thought, oh, well, we'll just keep them home. And then we just kept keeping them home we just started and we never stopped so that's really uh that's really what brings us I think to this conversation today is that once we got going we just kept going mm. wow wonderful amazing um so so Abby can you I guess you've kind of hit it so there wasn't any particular reason it just it just it was sort of organic it just happened right I think so. I think I really knew in the back of my mind that we would homeschool once we moved to, to Ghana. We did not always live in uh, the great metropolis of Accra. We lived <laughs> in the northern part of the country. Um, and, you know, when we first came, we didn't even have internet at home. Now, granted, my children, uh, we came with a baby. She was less than a year old. So we didn't need to worry about those things right away. But as the years moved on, um, once we even did have internet, you know, it was so slow, we couldn't rely on that for a lot of different resources. Mm, so yeah. we, you know, it just felt like um, we'll just use the tools that we have around us and we'll just be together as a family. Mm. Um, and it just, it felt natural. I think I knew that sending my kids to a local school was not the best option 
for us at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And yeah, so we just used what we had, um, some organic and natural learning, you know, home skills and things like that for when Mm. we were really young. And um, we're able to build off of that. Yeah, I don't think it was a, it was not a calculated decision, but it's probably something that I knew always in the back of my mind that that's what we would be doing simply because of where we lived when we first came here. Mm. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I guess you touched on it a little bit. You said organic learning and home skills in the beginning. Um, I want to find out if you had a particular educational philosophy or curriculum that you were looking at in the beginning and maybe as your kids grew up. Yeah, I've always struggled to find the the label that that mm-hmm. defines maybe my my style or my philosophy. And early on, that actually that really stressed me out. Like, mm-hmm. am I a classical? Um, you know, do I follow these Charlotte Mason? Am I what am I? And I just decided that for me personally, it was more stressful to find out which category I fit into than to just mm-hmm. do what we were doing. For other people, they do find that, you know, determining their own educational philosophy is a great place to start. So if you're that kind of a person, that's great. You know, what, what are my goals? What's my style? What kind of a family structure do we have? And determining Mm -hmm. those things might be very helpful Mm -hmm. for me to stop and step back and try to analyze that. I just thought, I don't, I don't know who we are or what we're doing, but we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the Ali blend, which is perfect. See, I told you she's a natural, so she doesn't even need these things to find her. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of looked and, at what other people were doing and just started trying things. I started with something called Sunlight. Mm. And it's a literature-based curriculum. So it uses um, not, not really textbooks, though there's definitely some math textbooks as the kids get, you know, outside of the pre-K, kinder type years. Mm. But uh, using, you know, real books, we sat and we read real books about real topics. It mm. encouraged um, going outside. And uh, I, I remember even just telling my, my daughter, sometimes go outside and count the lizards like mm. it, was, oh, it was one way to get her outside exploring and she started out by looking for the lizards and counting them but then yeah. it was like oh how many kinds are there and mm. look at these trees and so um just kind of fostering that curiosity and yeah. and even independence and in learning at a young age I think is possible to do mm. for kids to start um kind of owning their own education and learning things because they're interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where I started. And we certainly have, we have not stuck with sunlight or the literature based home, uh, curriculum all mm-hmm. along. We have gone to some textbooks. I, I have felt the freedom uh, to kind of ebb and flow as our life circumstances change, as my mm-hmm. kids needs and our family needs change as well Mm. and something that I think may come out a few different times is you know sometimes we as moms or whoever the parent is that's doing the homeschooling you never feel like you're doing enough oh yes (laughs) the right tell me about it (laughs) it's never gonna go away it's never gonna go Mm. away sometimes Uh, you relax more about it (laughs) 
<laughs> not very encouraging. Is it? Um, sometimes you'll relax more about it, but other times you'll be so focused on it. And so I am normal in that regard. Mm. So sometimes it's like, no. Good to hear. <laughs> we have to do a textbook and we have mm. to do every page in the textbook. And other times it's like, well, let's just do this one section. And that that's part of the, I think, the ebb and flow of, of life. Mm. Um, uh-huh. And something I've just kind of allowed us to go through over the years. Mm. It's really um, important to have that. And I think Ali is great at that. So we're going mm. to talk about that a little more later. <laughs> a little more later. Yeah, I have um, a one-year-old now. And I'm just starting to put together something that I feel like might be good for her now. But, and I think I don't really find too much on homeschooling in those years, like the, from one year to maybe two. And I know usually you find for preschool and pre-K, but like she's in this age range where I was like, okay, I want to do something with her. But I also feel like, is it too much too soon? Should I just let her be like, just, you know, so I'm really curious as to what you did since she started right from the beginning. I'm really curious as to what you did with your children when they were in that um, stage. Well, when they're in that stage, I, yeah, I just let them be kids um, Mm. exploring, you know, when they're, when they're that young exploration with um, all of their senses, they just do that naturally. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you could put out a few, a few different objects and just see what they do with it. But I mm. certainly was not um, calculated in what I set out for them. Mm. I was not thinking, oh, today we need to learn something. <laughs> no. And actually, for better or worse, I was very new to Ghana. I was just trying to make yeah. it through every day. You know, I was trying to make sure we ate food every day (laughs) and that we maybe, um, you know, got a bath at the end of the day. So I was very much in survival mode and just letting, I think if your question to yourself is, is it too much? Then the answer is automatically yes. Uh, (laughs) If you're already asking yourself that. That's a good measure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Um, point. And playing, never underestimate the value of play at at every single stage of life. It might Mm. look different as they get older, but playing is learning. It's not a break from learning. It (laughs) is learning. Mm. That's very true. That's very true. I I want to go back to something that Ali talked about when we asked about how did did you decide um, on homeschool? I just wanted to encourage our listeners, because I think that's how we ended up homeschooling. It was kind of like, well, we are looking for something out there, but we couldn't find it. And so eventually it was like, well, why don't we do it ourselves? Mm. And so that's just to encourage anybody who's listening, who is in that place where, well, like you said, you knew you, knew you didn't want them in the school for many reasons. It didn't fit you. I think sometimes we force ourselves to fit yeah. into a place and then we are not happy but then we feel like that's what we are stuck with yeah. and so part of this podcast is just to encourage people because I think on this side of the world it's not a common thing mm-hmm. and so it just feels like oh you know mm-hmm. can I do this but this is just to encourage anybody out there it's doable as you can you can hear from Ali yeah um, <laughs> yeah so it's totally doable and I think sometimes we 
feel like we have to have it all lined up and all together before you can start. And my Mm. advice is just start, pick Uh. something, pick one thing and, and just start because sometimes the planning and the preparation and even the fear of starting um, or the fear of not doing it right really can hold you back. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and Carissa too, at at that age, I think just making sure you're reading and talking to your kids, Mm. um, is is so important just for developing, you know, language development and everything. Mm -hmm. So if you only start with one thing then start with reading, Reading, just read to them. She thankfully she seems to be very interested in books. I mean, she would grab a book and then bring it to you to read to her. And she actually sits down and it's like she's she's listening to everything you're saying. We read the books over and over again. So that's that really it's something that is so encouraging to me to see that she's developed that interest even at such a young age. So yeah. And I'm glad that we can do it at home because I mean, sometimes in the school setting, you you may not see that um spark. The teachers may not see that spark because they are so like um, busy trying to manage everything together. But I'm glad that we are home with her because you can see it and then kind of like pick up on it immediately and then supply things that can foster it even more. Yeah, absolutely. Very true. So Ali, uh, can you describe a typical homeschool day in your your house (laughs) for us? Yeah, I just want to give our listeners an idea. Mm. Yeah, and it would be really easy for me to say what I what I wish our day looked like, right? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean I don't have an Instagram account, but I know that everyone only puts their best out on Instagram. So it would be easy for me to say what you know, what would my Instagram story look like if I took pictures of my homeschool homeschool day. But I'll be real with you. I'm gonna speak kind of generally generally speaking, what our day is like, we do have a routine, but we don't necessarily have like a a time stamp. Mm -hmm. Um, We have an order for doing things and kind of a hoped for, you know, when we want to take a break and when we like to be done for the day, but Mm -hmm. we do have um, flexibility and we do kind of change things throughout the day if it gets to be too much or we need to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say from the beginning, I would try to do as much as I can with all of my kids together as possible. Okay. So okay. that has changed as they get a little bit older, but if, you know, we would start and we'd have Bible time together. Uh, and um, at, at, for several years, we were able to do science and history um, all together. And mm. we would have certain books that were usually connected to our curriculum that we would read as a family. Um, a little, a little tip is that we listen to audiobooks during lunchtime. Mm. Now that we're, uh, now that we're older, I keep saying now that we're older, my kids are 10, <laughs> 13 and 15 now. So okay. I'm out of that kind of real elementary stage yeah. um, where my kids can really focus and pay attention. So now we're listening to like podcasts and news stories, but um uh we found ways to really just enjoy books together as a family. And we, we listened during our, during our lunchtime. And I found that to be another way that we can add in kind of more enrichment to our day. Mm. Um, so we still jumping back then. So we still do, um, <laughs> we still do Bible together and we do history together, but just this past January, um, 
my youngest two kids have very different interests when it comes to science. And my son really wants to do everything dealing with technology and inventions. And my youngest daughter wants nothing to do with that. And she wants to focus on animals and nature. So I decided we were not, this was another thing where I decided we were changing in the middle of the school year. Mm. We finished what we were doing. And then after our Christmas break, they each got to choose the direction they were going next. Mm. Um, That's so, so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. Yes. And because if, you know, again, I'm not anti-school, but I just <laughs> see the benefits here because if you're stuck with one curriculum for everybody, yeah. then you might not, you, you know, you might not notice that and they would not be able to pursue their, their own interests, but you're in a position where you can do that. And that's wonderful. Right. And the time will come where she will learn about those things, but maybe not this year, maybe in a couple uh, of years yeah. when she's uh -huh. a little bit older and can handle the, you know, the, intricacies of some of those topics. Yeah. Um, so normally I'd prefer us to all do science together and I would mm -hmm. just adjust the like questions I would ask would be, you know, maybe a little bit more detailed for my son and a little less detailed for my daughter just to allow for those things. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're doing different science. Of course, their math is a different level. We take a, we pretty much get started right away at, at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, okay. I found that I needed a start time. Otherwise, around the house, I would always be, oh, just one more thing. Oh, I just yeah. need to get the laundry started. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just need to. <laughs> so the start time is for me, not for them. Um, in fact, sometimes they'll get up early and do some of their own work on their own. And they just know that they're not allowed to ask me questions before I've had my coffee. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and, and now we, we do a lot of the, we do all of our things together as much as possible. And by 10 o'clock, we take a morning break. Um, I take that time to check in on some email. I, I have a day job, so to speak, on top of mm -hmm. teaching my kids. So I do need to check in on mm -hmm. a few things during the day. So I take that time a little bit to myself. And then they are required to be outside for their break time. Um, so they so usually, important. they usually get sweaty and dirty um, and cause a lot of trouble <laughs> and make noise. And that's exactly what I want them to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another change that we've made actually is I used to give them a solid half hour break. Uh, and they were finding that it was, it was just too long. They were coming inside yeah. and checking the clock and everything. So we agreed together again with my kids being the age they are we have some of these conversations about what's working and what's not working yeah. we agreed together to shorten it to about 20 minutes still a nice break they get a snack during that time and then when they come in we have a book connected to our curriculum somehow this time it's related to our history unit mm -hmm. that we're doing and we come in for their break so it's still kind of a break transition from break because we're just we're just having story time essentially um, mm. but it's also accomplishing things towards our goals of our curriculum and we have found that to be nice and then after that time they tend to be on their own for accomplishing what they need to and I just make myself available mm. um, we do most of our schooling in our living room and dining room area the main mm. areas of the house and so I'm just in there and available. I may have some work I'm doing. I may have a book that I'm reading. Um, and sometimes when I see that they're not really needing me, then I come 
to my office and I just tell them I'm going to my desk, come get me if you need me. Mm -hmm. So I try to make sure that whatever I have, as far as my responsibilities, I can be interrupted and I can be available until, Mm. until noon. And the saying is mom's off duty schools over for mom at noon. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So they, they, for the afternoon time after we eat Mm. lunch or whatever, it's not a hard and fast rule. There are definitely times I need to be available and involved. But for the most part, they know that if they are going to need me for something, we have to make it happen before lunch. Okay. And that's, is that because you, you then begin your work at noon? Well, your other work. <laughs> and honestly, I'm tired. I have given them, especially when they were younger, I have given them my that's undivided so attention. That's <laughs> And so it's really self-care. It's really mm-hmm. the way that I make sure that I can get up and do it again the next day. Yeah, um, That's so important. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't interact with them for the rest of the day. You know, I mean, we can't <laughs> escape from our children. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the focus has shifted from school to, to whatever else. So what they do in the afternoon tends to be art projects. Um, they practice their musical instrument. Um, they may do some of these extra things, which I think we're, we're going to be talking about soon. Yeah, um, that's right. Kind of yes. extra things that we, we do in our homeschool that they can do on their own. Um, and still, you know, for those people that need to check the boxes, does this count as school? Well, mm-hmm. yes, it yeah. <laughs> But really, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think a long school day is what we need. We don't need to mirror what's happening in a traditional classroom. And we should oh, be. But doing. that's so difficult, isn't it, Ali? Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe not for <laughs> you, but for me, it's so hard. I find that I have to fight this battle every day because mm-hmm. I want them lined up and at their seats and working. Okay, yeah. what's the next subject? <laughs> Drill <laughs> master, let's go, let's go. <laughs> remember that that's your need and it's not necessarily theirs. And mm. I do that. I do that too. And I say that's mm. another thing that comes and goes with how strict I'm going to be about it. Um, uh, but honestly, we have reached points in our school where none of us were wanting to do school. Like the kids and I, we woke up each morning and we dreaded it. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I want it to be either. So we've had to make changes. Um, I've had to make changes um, along the way to make sure that yeah, we have to do our work. It's not always that we enjoy it, but I didn't want to dread it every day. Yeah. Yes. No, then that's no fun. That's when you need to ask yourself, why, why am I doing this? You know, and, and that's one thing I admire about you, Ali. I think you're, you're really flexible. Like you figure out something's not working, you change it, (laughs) you know, whereas I'm like, it must work, you know, let's keep trying. <laughs> I need to check on that box, but well, I'm trying. I'm trying to be, <laughs> to be more flexible because, hey, if you're homeschooling and you can't be flexible, then I don't know, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, it's, it's personal. It's personal. So when something's not working, it's, it's not that you think it's you that's the problem, uh-huh. not that yeah. what what you're doing, the topic or the methodology or the schedule isn't working. It, it's very personal and yeah. we put a lot of pressure on ourselves <laughs> to make things work. And you've spent money on that book. So yeah, yeah. of course you want to finish it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's so true. Um, 
Can I chip so, in a question um, about balancing having a, a job versus also homeschooling? Um, I, I guess you've talked a little bit about how you you schedule things a bit, but do you ever get to a point where it seems overwhelming or have you had to find certain tips like tricks to get everything done in a day? I have a really unique job and I, and I think um, making sure that your work is compatible with what you want to do for homeschooling, you know, making that um, decision can, can I work, if I want to work while homeschooling, is it actually feasible? Is it going mm. to be something that our family can do? Um, I did not have uh, a job. I, I guess I've always had a, a job, but I did not have one with requirements until very recently. So mm. I was well into the homeschooling routine and we had the rhythm down as a family before I had extra responsibilities. My work is extremely flexible and mm -hmm. it comes and goes as far as the load. And I can really invest as much time or as little time as my family needs me to do. Um, I work, my field is member care. So caring for people is essentially what I do. Okay. And when our missionaries experience crisis, I'm all hands on deck, but other times, it's just that I'm checking in with people and I might be um, looking for resources or I might be educating myself in certain areas by doing reading and things. So I do have, I think, an ideal job in that sense. Mm. But there are many parents who are working full time and also homeschooling and they've had to choose, you know, what's that going to look like for us as mm. well. Yes, I guess that's one one podcast we'll definitely have to do and see how those in, in that situation manage it. But yes, thanks, thanks, Ali, for shedding some light on that. We'll have to wrap up here, but we will continue this conversation in our next episode. So do join us then. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast.